When it's all said and done. When the pads are all packed up. The refs have packed away the whistles. And the parking lots are empty. One show with three obsessive fans still want to have their say. And because this is Triple M, and because we really don't give a rat, we say, why the hell not? Rugby oh! Please welcome AH, Chris and Rose. We are in for something special tonight. This is the back row. Footy from the cheap seats on Triple M. Well, there you have it, the super cheap auto Bathurst 1000. It's like the NRL grand final with no added Macklemore. <laughs> But plenty of added rain. Oh, wasn't it captivating? <laughs> we said out our congrats to Holden. For all your Holden fans out there and the winners, Dave Reynolds and Adam Yolden. And thanks also go to Triple M's Anthony Maroon, who normally calls the NRL, but he was moonlighting or maroon lighting. Oh, oh, no. calling the big brace. Get out. Now, look, the pads are packed away. The grand final for Rugby League has been run and won for another year, and it's been won by the Melbourne Storms. Borg. Mm. Thankfully, have a World Cup to tide us over before the preseason begins in earnest. You're on the back row with AH Chris and Rose here at Triple M. The first order of post-grand final business, guys, has to be that the Sunday Telegraph have published... They're 50 most influential people in rugby league. Right. AH, you came in a respectable 57th. Oh, nice. What are you going to bring to the table next season in rugby league? Chops. Mm, <laughs> delicious. And Rose, you recorded a no result. No surprises there, I guess. Uh, look, that's a conspiracy right there. It's quite obviously after the amount of controversy I've caused on this show this season, I should be at least top 15, right? Yeah, at least. Um, you'll have to speak to news media about it or News Limited about it. A uh, little bit later in the show, we will have West Tigers' Chris Lawrence joining us in the studio, a real-life mm-hmm. NRL player in the flesh. Yes, wow. he's going to be with us after 7pm. As he's sliding back down from Mount Panorama, Maroon will call in and give us his impressions of the great race. We will have the final back wrap for the season, another batch wrap, and, of course, back row on the week. You're on the back row, Triple M. Yes, you're on the back row with AH Chris and Rose Triple M, and there were plenty of cars having a bit of a wipeout up on Mount Panorama in the wet today. Yeah, very wet up there. So, like, wow, they were wiping Mm. out. Now, look, guys, we we have been or were a rugby league show, so we wouldn't have done our complete job if we didn't do for one more time the back wrap. It's Chris Gales, the back wrap. Uh, it might seem like an eon ago, but the NRL Grand Final took place out at ANZ Stadium last week, and we all know the result. 34 uh, points to six to the Melbourne Storms over the North the Queensland days. Cowboys. But just let me take you back and try and get a bit of a flavour for you. Mm-hmm. How good was it to see two teams run out that hadn't been warming up on the stadium beforehand? <laughs> genuine excitement. And there was genuine excitement because I think we all got into the swing of it when we saw one of the greatest moments in modern sport Jonathan Thurston high-fiving Macklemore in the tunnel oh. to give his immortal stamp of approval over his same love performance that then brought the house down. I tell you mm. what, everyone at the Golden Barley in Newtown was thrilled by that moment. God, it got some real like JT-level laughs. Chris, you were there. Can you confirm what Macklemore's jacket was made out of for me? Tinsel and foil. Oh, nice. It was very bright and shiny. The Cowboys actually delivered their game plan. Another game of mistake-free football. They only made four errors all game. Unfortunately, the Storm scored off three of them. Wow. The early signs were bad when Sean Fenson went out with that sickening leg injury with the collision uh, with the other second rower. And he did do a beautiful uh, daredevil Lance Murdoch moment as he was being taken (laughs) off the field on the Medicab. 
The big thanks up courtesy of... <laughs> the big what? The big thumbs up courtesy <laughs> of the green whistle. Did you see Thurston pissing himself laughing over that one? The, I think the, the North Queensland Cowboys box thought, hang on, we might be all right here. If you know, <laughs> if he's giving us the thumbs up, we might be able to just do that fairy tale one more chapter. Mm. There was genuine excitement after that to see Addo Carr, The Fox on the Run, which used to be a song from The Sweet back in the mm. 70s. But I don't know if you noticed, he had 1995 tattooed on his knees. Right. Turns out it was the year The Fox was born. Okay. Uh, I thought the stadium DJ... That's terrifying to me. 1995. <laughs> Jesus. The, I thought the stadium DJ, whoever that was, was a bit harsh <laughs> when Antonio Winterstein failed to feel that kick just before halftime. He played Talking Heads The Road to Nowhere. <laughs> but soon after, Billy Slater was in and it was an 18-0 lead to the Storms at halftime. The overall story of the game was the missed tackles. The Cowboys missed 44. The Storms missed 31. But 10 of those were just chasing Kyle Felt just before halftime. <laughs> so really, there was a huge chasm there. Poor old Tamari Martin, who was targeted all night by the Storms, gave the Cowboys a little bit of hope when he scored to make it 18-6. But then three-time Premiership loser, Dale Finucane, became a Premiership winner by crashing over, and that was all she wrote. Even Bellyaches walked to the back of the box after that lacked venom. You know, mm. Even he goes, we've got this we've in got the bag. This. It's over. He knew... They knew. We all knew. When he came down to the sideline with like, I don't know, it was like 20 minutes to go or something. I thought that was so disrespectful coming down and doing the applause. Yes, that we everyone knew they'd won, but wait till the end. Ooh, I didn't like it. Look at me. I've turned into Buzz Rothfield. There it was go, really disrespectful. So you then wouldn't have blamed Jake Granville, the Cowboys hooker, for slapping the ball out to delay a restart and then picking Billy up and dragging him back to the inbox in goal. Oh, fair's fair. Yeah, no, the fairy tale was one agonising chapter short. Yes. We got Grim. to see the big three combine one more time for a try that ended up with Tohu Harris throwing a gorgeous pass to the Fox. You can tell that the, those three boys have gone, this is the last chance, let's do one of those set plays because that was a pretty, pretty play they put on there. After that, it was party time and the whole thing was wrapped up by a tearful Billy Slater securing the Clive Churchill medal. And can I just say, Billy Slater retiring at 299 games, that was the biggest fake news story <laughs> of 2017. Janet. The, st- the Storms have had us all again. May 2018 not be the year of the repeat. This is the back wrap, wrapped forever. <laughs> Triple M. Ooh, yeah. I think you're actually stuck in the middle with us. That was the great Steelers. Oh. We were stuck in the middle with you. You're Good on intro, Chris. the back row with AH, Chris and Rose on Triple M. League is done. We are actively looking to attach ourselves to another sporting host. We've got it down to curling, Call of Duty, and Cannonball. <laughs> Two of these will be Olympic events by 2028. You've heard it here first. Mm, good for ratings. But in looking for something else to do, I went and took myself off to the movies out at EQ at Moore Park this week. What did you see? Blade Runner Ooh. 2049. Blade right. Runner Petersham. That's right. And it's very, very important, the 2049 bit, because like, otherwise you don't know where you are. <laughs> Look, um, I don't want to give anything away. How was it? I can't wait. I cannot wait. No spoilers, right? No spoilers, please. Darth Vader is Luke's father. But um, (laughs) the movie itself, a little bit like watching Bathurst today on your couch, it's a marathon, not a sprint. It clocks in at 163 minutes. Wow. And what I was fascinated... What's that in hours? Two hours, 43 minutes. Two hours, 40, yeah. Yeah. That's like Gone with the Wind without Clark Gable. (laughs) And what was really interesting was that a number of people actually walked out while watching this. Let's face it, it's a stately movie. There's not huge amounts of action. Yeah. Now, I was in luck, so it was great. So there was a lot of free food to get hold of. But really, you know, here we are, blockbuster, seeing people walk out. It was pretty strange. You ever ever walked out of a movie, Chris? I have never walked out of a movie. Really? Really? I even sat in a four-hour Greek art movie marathon called Chaos 
because I was on a date. All right. Oh, hell what yeah. A, what about you guys? <laughs> Sitting through the Greek for some Greek. I, uh, yeah, no, I, I absolutely have. I've only ever walked out of one movie and I remember it vividly. So it was like 37 degrees. It was last summer. And it was one of those like, I'm, I'm going to go to the cinema. I'll choose like the least worst option and just I'll sit through anything to get out of this. No. Only film I've ever walked out of. And it was the kids film Sing. Oh yeah. yeah the, when oh. the when the trailer came out for that, I was like, I'm gonna watch the shit out of this. Yep. This looks so good, so up my alley, can't wait. It made me feel so anxious that I felt like the seat was just eating me up. It was right. just this series of like bad, bad and worse things happening to each cal- uh, character. Were you alone? I was alone, yeah. Oh, okay, right. So you didn't as, have to like convince you didn't have to convince anyone to leave with you, you were just no. like I'm out. Kids no, movie on your own, huh? And it wasn't like a it was <laughs> mate, it was thirty seven degrees. It was that or some whoop, can't say that word. It was that or some bloody action film. But anyway, it made me feel so anxious that yeah, I just up and left. It might have an uplifting ending, but I'll have no idea. I honestly felt like I was having a panic attack because of a kids movie. Mm. Yeah, I saw the trailers, I would have had a panic attack if I was in there. What about you, Rose? I've walked out of numerous films, Chris Scale. What a surprise that, that is. Surprise. Does that surprise you? What but after after the credits of Run or <laughs> Yeah, I, I gave. Well, I think the earliest I've ever walked out is twenty minutes into the Manchurian Candidate with Denzel Washington. I is that said, because this... something woke inside of you? I just went. This movie's garbage. <laughs> I'm leaving. I just didn't enjoy it, and the person I was with at the time agreed with me, so we were out of there really quick. Uh, I think I walked out of uh, Alien vs Predator once, uh, and we walked really? into another. So you never know who won. We, no, no, we never know who won. But it, I, we walked out, and then I did something kind of rare. We walked into another movie because we were unhappy oh. with the movie, right? Something rare and illegal. Yeah, yeah. We walked into another cinema, and it was The Terminal with Tom Hanks, where oh, he's like yeah. sitting, and I was like, I'm not watching mm. a movie about a man waiting in a terminal. We went into another one, and it was Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. We oh. were like, perfect. Finally, finally. Yeah. finally. Third time lucky. I can tell you, given that you didn't see the end of The Manchurian Candidate, it turns out that Darth Vader was oh, Luke's wow. father. <laughs> but look, have you ever walked out on a movie? Why don't you give us a call on one triple? Three five three. This is the back row. Triple M. You're on Triple M's the back row with Ah Chris and Rose and a very abrupt end to that wasn't track, it? wasn't it? We're thinking about. I was at Blade Runner twenty forty nine and people walked out of that movie and we're wondering about if you've ever walked out on a movie. We've got Todd from Ramsgate East. What movie did you walk out of, Todd? Toddy. Toddy boy. Have you ever heard of Shadowland? We have, have now. now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Shadowland's a love story. Anthony Hopkins, some other person. It was about 1997, and uh, I had some friends who all worked at the local cinema, and so we used to sneak into movies all the time for free. It was great. I won't mention the cinema or the friends, so they probably know who they are. Oh, mate, it's been and, a decade. Uh, Go on. It was Friday night, and so the, they were like, the only seats left is this Shadowland. Like, everything else was sold out. Mm. And we were like, oh, all right, how bad could it be? <laughs> well, it was pretty terrible. We lasted maybe 20 minutes, and the most memorable thing about the whole movie was someone did a really big burp in the cinema, <laughs> and everyone laughed. <laughs> and we were like, that's it. This is peaks. This movie's peaked. We're out of here. You know? So apparently Bunch of just... teenage boys watching uh, a love story with Anthony Hopkins and someone. We were like, nah, so I'll much. just have to accept no movie. So, ju- so just not watching a movie wasn't an option to you guys? Well, we were like, uh, you know what, I'd heard of it. We thought it couldn't be that bad. Yeah, go Everything make your own fun. kind of okay. You from yeah, 10 so decades we ago, take that advice. Outside. That's what you do when you're that age. Uh, catchy title, Todd. I can understand why you went in, but I can tell you because I have seen the movie, what you missed out on was the fact that Darth Vader is Luke's <laughs> father. Oh, Thanks very much for your call, Todd. Well done. This is the back row, Triple Chris. M. See you guys. Cheers. Bye. They're putting the cars into the garages up at Mount Panorama.
Bathurst has been run and done for another year. Certainly a day for the mud runners, if that's a racing term. I'm not even sure about that. You're on the Triple M's. really rude. <laughs> on the Triple M's back row with AH Chris and Rose. Now, guys, if Pixar made a Cars 4, and why wouldn't they with a the very healthy box office that they took this year for mm. Cars 3, what type of car character would you be, AH? Um, I don't know, but if they made a porn version of Blade Runner, it would be called Mud Runners. <laughs> yes, the Holden Nissan Mud Runner. I get it. I'm really good at having an answer when I couldn't think of something funny in time. Rose, you're a car. Tell me about it. <laughs> I, well, if I was going to be a Disney car, I reckon I'd be a ride-on lawnmower. Slow, oh, noisy, would. and just destroying everything in my path. You would. Yeah, and having old dudes sit on you all the time. Yeah. It's an inherently... <laughs> It's an inherently passive-aggressive vehicle. I know that's a strange thing to say, but just... Um... It's, it's, this is what, how, what I have to do with on this show. I say, what car are you? And you end up with nothing but anything like cars. <laughs> what are you talking about? You could drive a lawnmower. Fortunately, we've got the <laughs> regularly equivalent of a sports car with us. Chris Lawrence from the West Tigers live and direct in the studio in a very quick while. Maroon, Anthony Maroon will be calling as he does slide his way down from Mount Panorama and tell us all about the great race. And we've got back row of the week, of course. You're on Triple M's The Back Row. You're on the back row with A.H. Chris and Rose. Did you have to think about that? No, no, no. I was just sort of waiting for some big power cord at the end and it never mm. really came, did mm. it? Never There's does. Not enough information on the data screens there. But <laughs> look, I can't tell you how excited we all are to have a legitimate back rower in the studio today. We've got 208-game senior player, I think you're now described as, West Tigers and Kangaroo representative Chris Lawrence. Welcome to oh, the back row, welcome. Chris. Thank oh, you very yeah. much for having me. Oh, wow. The crowd goes nuts. It's, it's really exciting to have someone who's actually good at what they do. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Felix. <laughs> when, when did you make the transition from centres to back row, Chris? Oh, well, officially, probably in my second year of football. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. well, well, I remember um, I made my debut uh, playing on the wing um, in, in my first year in 2006 and then 2007 I started uh, in, in reserve grade and then um, Tim Sheens brought me up and, and I played on the bench and I played a bit of everywhere and uh, towards the back end of the year I was actually playing a majority of, in the back row and I was uh, about 10 kilos lighter than I, uh, than I am now. I was only 18 years old and just getting steamrolled by these big <laughs> forwards thinking, I can't do this year in, year out. So um, Tim she- he, But he always said to me, he goes, look, you'll end up making uh, either a lock, a back row or a 5'8". I'm not sure which one yet. So um, he got it right. Yeah, he's oh. done well. And, and look, it's just uh, any tips you can leave us. We have a segment called Back Row of the Week. I mean, we'd like to make you Back Row of the Year, I think. <laughs> and just quickly, on that debut, 2006, was Brisbane Broncos up at Suncor, yep, was that, it? Yep, that's right. And you scored a try, didn't you? I did get a try on debut. How fantastic is that? And you're now the leading try scorer for the team? Uh, equal at the moment with Benji. So oh, well. He's, uh, well, bang. Well, that's a mean. <laughs> yeah, that's only for a short time. He, he didn't want to let the record go, so he signed back uh, up with the Tigers next year. <laughs> you reckon I've that's right? Yeah. <laughs> I've always wanted to ask, like speaking of getting, you know, absolutely steamrolled, I've always wanted to ask an actual player what it's like getting tackled out there because when I'm watching it on the telly, I'm like, oh, great tackle. Oh, get up, get up. <laughs> Meanwhile, like the lightest little play tackle and I would be like, hospital, please. <laughs> What's it actually like being out on that field and getting smashed? You don't, you don't feel it because you train for it and mm. like we do contact sessions if not every day, every second day. So obviously we're doing wrestling sessions, we're doing plenty of contact uh, at training. The first couple of games of the year, um, like trial games, first couple of games, you really saw after the games and it takes yeah. your body a, um, a sort of a couple of games to get used to it. But by the middle of, middleway through the year, um, you know, you, you, you're used to it. Um, some games are tougher than others and randomly, like if it's a cold night or you had a couple of, um, you know, hits. 
Uh, you got bruises, corks, and that type of thing. But yeah, you get used to it. So, wow. so there is muscle memory for getting smashed, is it? Yes, there is. <laughs> it's kind of like it a, actually is. It's kind of like a bass play. You know, when they first start playing bass, they get yeah. calluses on their fingers. You, you just do that with your whole body. Whole body, <laughs> scar tissue everywhere in the body. Muscle forgetfulness. <laughs> body's like, this is fine. I've your body is like, I've left my body in. Now, Chris, <laughs> if I can take you back to 2011 quickly, uh, you suffered a dislocated hip in that yep. year, uh, and just recently, 12-year-old Adam Wallace uh, suffered the same injury, and you talked to him on the phone um, uh, about that injury and helped him out, and he ended up playing in the uh, Quakers Hill under 14 grand final where they got a win at 12-8. Um, more than the injury itself, you, you talked about the mental obstacles that you have to uh, jump over to get back on the field after an injury like that. Um, what got you back on the field after an injury? Um, well, f- from, for me, I, it was, I loved the game. So, you know, I was only, you know, quite young when, when I dislocated my hip and I'd had a few uh, other injuries uh, when I was younger, but that was obviously the biggest injury that, that I had had. And mm. just the love of the game, um, going through the process was sort of the hardest part, um, you know, doing the rehab and doing everything. But I didn't really look at the, the big picture, uh, you know, and how long it was going to take me to get back. I sort of broke it down into smaller goals. So yeah. for me, it was, okay, well, in two weeks, I'm going to be doing some, you know, body weight, leg weights um, in four weeks I've got to run so I just just thought about those next steps that I had to do you know after running now I get to do a bit of contact like so I didn't think oh how am I going to you know get back out in the field and, and play and, yeah. and what's going to do I'm going to get re-injured again so by doing that and then just build the confidence obviously in the running the strength and by the time I, I was ready to get back on the field I'd done all the work in the training so I wasn't that apprehensive once I'd, I knew I'd done the work and got the okay from the doctors right Chris can I ask you got married not that long ago is that right oh it's a while ago now nearly yeah. four years, four years ago. How oh, were you wow. at, so how were you at the bridal waltz uh, and I was pretty average, I think. <laughs> and you've got uh, a little one on the way? Yeah, in early January. So, wow. one the way. first one, yeah. Send out first. shout out to Kath. Summer baby. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, first little one on the way. So, not long now, and uh, everything's going to change. Yeah, well, the World Cup also not long now. Uh, and of course, Freddie Fittler is uh, coaching for Lebanon. You, uh, uh, he was your coach in City B Country. Uh, and there's a lot of talk about, you know, the possibility of Freddie as, a, as an origin coach. He's yep. sort of, he's quite, a, he, he's known for being kind of a quiet unique coach visualization practices yeah. and all that kind of thing how do you see him as a prospect for origin oh i think he's the, the only man for the job i think he's you know the perfect fit for uh, an origin coach um the way he can bring a group of players together um everyone respects him because he's you know he's a legend of the game you know mm. he's for what he's done on the field he's such a competitor um but he definitely brings groups of players together uh, and for those type of games especially origin games you, you don't win it off you know having all game plans and yep. um, set plays and this it's just about everyone playing as a team um pushing in numbers playing with energy and enthusiasm and, and he really gets a lot out of that and i think you've seen um even what he's done to the city side over the last couple of years I know um, last year when, when I played in the city side with him I think we were massive underdogs everyone was saying it was a joke of a team mm. and all the country boys um, their side was stacked of players going to play origin and we come out and, and won by 40 points just that's right we, yeah we had a tipping competition going on all season called just the tip Rose and I tip you boys yeah well, there you go. yeah I tip country but it was only because <laughs> uh, I hadn't seen the team like the team list hadn't come out yet <laughs> and I didn't know where to go always a disclaimer <laughs> I regretted it did Freddie have you doing those visualization <laughs> techniques lying back on on Leichhardt Oval on the yeah. hill. Yeah. yeah, no, all the boys love it. Every time we are, we got off the bus before any training session, it was stop, a um, couple of minutes of meditation, but it was really good because it, it, for him it was like, okay, um, sit back and think about, say, if we're going to a training session, um, what you're going to work on today. Just picture yourself passing the ball, whatever you want to achieve you know, on, on the training field. If it's you know really a work on your passing, your catching, picture yourself doing that, and then you, you, we get off the bus and you, and you go out and do it. So. 
I tell you what, visualisation, we could use a bit of that in this. Yeah. Uh, we really are tipping and picking up some great tips from Chris Lawrence, the West Tigers from the back row. Now, Chris, I believe you can stay with us for a little while longer. Yep. Please Just do. Just join the panel. <laughs> we'll see you certainly, certainly very soon. Ooh. Triple M in the back row. <laughs> You're on Triple M's The Back Row with AH Chris and Rose and our special guest, Chris Lawrence from the West Tigers. Here we, having seen Sean Fensom come off the Medicab at the grand final, just want to Ooh. put a shout out that we're in the market for a whole crate of those green whistles. Yeah. Anyone could, uh, <laughs> you ever been on the green whistle, Chris? Yeah, they're sensational. I actually, <laughs> I've, actually, I've actually got a funny story about that. I remember I uh, broke my jaw at Leichhardt Oval against the Storm. Hilarious. And, <laughs> yeah, really funny. H- had, the, had the green whistle when we came off and then, but it was still, you know, that much pain because I, I dislocated the jaw as well. So they had to give me a shot of morphine. But then uh, it started working that well, I, I basically went straight to the um, the hospital to have surgery straight away and listening to the, to the rest of the game uh, in, in the radio as we're driving. My, and my wife's driving and I started talking going, no, I'm fine. Take me back. I'll get back on the field. And she's like, stop talking. Stop moving your jaw. I'm, I'm, like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. She's like, stop talking. That's how good the green whistle is. <laughs> A cat had to drive you. A broken jaw doesn't get an ambulance these days. It's no. pretty tough, isn't no, it? No, straight, straight there. But speaking of... Oh, she didn't even get to watch the rest of the game. No, That's a dedication. Speaking of tough people, there's a, sort of a tough group in Sydney Town, Rose, that you've uh, come across. Yeah, there's this uh, new announcement just been made this week about an event coming up in December, on December 9th. It's called Zed Town, guys. And now mm-hmm. what this is... It is a live zombie experience, Mm. right? So there's been a couple of these before around the world, but this one's going pretty big in Sydney. They're going to take over uh, Allianz Stadium and the SCG, right? So those two stadiums together are going to be locked down. You can go in solo or as a squad with your paintball guns and your equipment, and you can spend the whole day trying... Oh, it's paintball, is it? Yeah, it's like paintball guns, and you can pretty much survive a zombie apocalypse. People will be dressed up like zombies walking around the whole, the two stadiums. You can go anywhere in the stadiums. Can you go as a zombie? Uh, well, that's a good question. What you can like enter as a zombie. Because the North Queensland Cowboys will be there yeah. on that. Oh, Zombie Nation. Zombie Look, Nation. I was struggling to his name before, but Ethan Lowe, I don't know if you saw any of the ISO shots of Ethan after the grand mm. final. That man is not off The Walking Dead. I was born yesterday. I just say, I say give all the go- zombies a green whistle and let's let them go wild <laughs> in the two stadiums. So what do you think about uh, Zombie Town, Chris? I mean, you're always looking to try and mix up pre-season training. Like, surviving a zombie apocalypse is something that would be something the Tigers could benefit from? Oh, definitely. Give it a crack. It'd be better, <laughs> better than the uh, sleep deprivation army camps that they get us doing. So What? Yeah, I'd, I'd, rather, I'd rather be doing this bit of paintballs paint than zombies. So that'd I be a lot better. I don't care about Zombie Town anymore. What are you talking about? With, so I have a sleep disorder, and so my life is basically much sleep deprivation. They force you to... Be sleep deprived? Yeah, or oh, most clubs do, at some point in the preseason do a, a, some type of army camp. Sometimes, just, right? Uh, you know, it's a team building thing. And um, yeah, one we did a couple of years ago. A lot, a lot of them do it. It's just a twenty four hour thing, and you basically, yeah, you don't sleep for twenty four hours. It's oh. a training session for us. It was uh, up the coast um, on sand dunes. You do it for an hour and a half, come back, have about half an hour break, and just keep doing that all through the night. They got right. spotlights on the. Ooh. Wow, yeah, so. just sounds like being on Big Brother, doesn't right. it? Sound yeah. Like- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of immediately looked at our show producer Phil. Felix, who I don't think has been asleep for 24 hours. That's absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> what are you looking across and at Felix? You seem as like a, a, a halfback or maybe a dummy half. Is it, yeah, or a zombie even? Maybe <laughs> a nippy fullback, maybe. <laughs> now, Chris, if you were in a squad of guys, going back to the zombie thing, if you were, is there anyone on your team that you'd want to have right next to you to survive a zombie apocalypse? Who would be your first choice? Oh, 
Probably maybe Woodsy. Get oh, yeah. Big, yeah, big I Woodsy. He'd be, um, <laughs> yeah, just hide behind Big Woodsy. Yeah, so they'd be coming straight for him. He'd be a big target, right? Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. They'd so chop yeah, down on him first. They'd be going straight for him first. So yeah. I know I'm safe if, if you, he's there. You don't, have to la- you don't have to run faster than the zombies. You just have to run faster than Woodsy. Woodsy that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and do zombies sleep? That's a, can, or do you end up being a sleep-deprived zombie? Because that'd be like a double whammy, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. No, be. zombies don't sleep. You sure? They die because they're not alive. They dream of brains. Yeah. Well, definitively, we are. Answer that one. I'm put this one to rest. <laughs> yeah. So we, you, we are on the back row with Chris Lawrence from the West Tigers. We're going to find out whether he will become a zombie by staying for one more break. This is Triple M. <laughs> You're on Triple M's back row with AH Chris and Rose and Chris Lawrence from the West Tigers. All the Sydney clubs are currently rolling out the welcome mat now that Cooper Cronk has finished up with the Melbourne Storms. We've heard he's bought a house in Mossman Mm. and we heard his philosophy earlier at the Storm's presentation last week where he said, I've worked out that while rugby league is very important, life on the lower North Shore of Sydney is way more important. (laughs) Speaking of important, life after football is important and who's no better uh, essay to that as, of course, is Kangaroos coach Mal Meninga. Big Mal. Mal's been in the fruit and veg business for some time. Oh, who hasn't? But he's diversified and he had a big wagon out at ANZ Stadium for Big Mal's meats and sauces. Wow. Big wagon, you say? I really want to make a foretelly humans joke while we're talking about sauces, (laughs) but I won't. Yes. Now, Mal said, I do like a good feed, and get this, the sausage sizzle is part of footy, and of course that takes us back to the big there debate, doesn't it? Yeah, is I was it, right all along. Sausage what is sizzle one. Kangaroos players... Can we include- start the debate again, One triple three five three. what's more Australian, <laughs> sausage sizzle or pie? For those, yeah, the snag versus the pie, I said the snag. The, the snag pie is obviously one. not the Aussie icon, it claims to be the snag sandwich, the sausage sandwich is the yeah, Aussie. Chris Lawrence? I agree. I, I really yeah. agree. Yeah. Yeah. I do agree. Thank you, Chris. You're, you're dead to me, Chris. Um, <laughs> kangaroo players, including Boyd Cordner, Aaron Woods, there's that name again, talking about a feed. Woodsy. And Dane Gagai uh, tucked into some big mouths after the team medical. And as the journo pointed out, naturally with the first World Cup match against England looming, they all said they loved it. Now <laughs> They're not going to say that's terrible, are they? No, they want to get a start. <laughs> What's interesting is Mal suggested he could serve up a, a few variations with an Australian flavour. So he could have his uh, kangaroo meat. Mm. And then someone suggested, why not emu? Emu. Emu. And, uh, emu, yeah. Emu. emu is like someone who likes all that goth music, yeah. right? Yeah. Black, black around their eyes. Yep. And he said we could call it the coat of arms burger. Yeah. Ooh. But with Andrew Fafita deciding to play for Tonga and the headline during the week, Tongaroos, mm. who'd be in the market for a Tongaroo burger? Tongaroo burger. <laughs> well, what's in a Tongaroo burger? <laughs> I think we need to be careful where we're going here. <laughs> I know. Everyone's terrified yeah. to say something. <laughs> i got to tell you, like, I, you know, I, I love kangaroo. <laughs> haven't had emu, but I've heard it's amazing. But I think maybe going into the World Cup, there's something sort of like um metaphorically foreboding about eating the mascot of your team. Really? I think maybe it's a good kind of like absorb yeah. its energy kind of thing. I think that's an Australian way. We should, yeah, we're the country that eats our own icons, so yeah. our, own, our own emblems. But speaking of eating rugby league players, a couple of years ago, <laughs> uh, you know, he, 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 was, he was like the logistics minister for Papua New Guinea said that the Kumuls are coming on so rapidly we will actually eat the kangaroos next time they're up here, and that's saying literally. And right. he got in a little bit of trouble for that. But I think he was being lighthearted. But you've played in Papua New Guinea. Chris, what's it like up there? Oh, the it's crazy, yeah. they the, the people up there absolutely love their footy. Like, it's... it's uh, the rugby league players, especially some of the Queenslanders, are like gods to to them up there. And, and when the players fly in uh, for some of those games, um, yeah, they're treated like rock, rock stars. But they, they love it there. They're such nice, nice people. 
And the Hunters, of course, were in the Interstate Cup at the grand final curtain raiser. They had a bit of a slow start against the Penny Panthers. Mm. Good second half, though. Yeah, good second half. Uh, as I said, if there was another 30 minutes, they would have won. But sure. Can you see a Papua New Guinea team in the NRL some stage in the future? Oh, I think probably not in the near future, but definitely one day. I think what um, the, having them in the Intrust Super Cup uh, is doing for not only you know rugby league and PNG, um, you know, but all all the grassroots level there is is massive. And I think each and every year you're going to see the quality get better and better. Uh, it, you can see that with the the games they play against the Prime Minister's uh, eleven team uh, every year, but now having uh, a week to week team. Um, playing, you know, top level football. Um, you know, young players coming through are going to be um, start to be developed uh, in that same system, but not next year. <laughs> so speaking of no. next year, let's talk about the bus. Yep, Ivan's bus. Yep, he was interviewed at the West Tigers Grand Final lunch last week by Triple M's own Anthony Maroon, who did a great job. And we're talking to Maroon in a moment about the Bathurst, the great race. And he said the Tigers will be playing an, identifi- an identifiable brand of football next year. And Maroon said, "What's that look like?" And he wouldn't <laughs> tell us. Can you give us a hint? I don't know yet. <laughs> it's off season. I'll, I'll find out November 1 when we're running laps. So. <laughs> On the green whistle. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Away from zombies. Chris, uh, Chris, it's been really, really great of you to come in. I'm sure you're probably wishing you were home watching Survivor, which is up on the screen right now. So you're probably taping it. But we're just simply to say that, of course, your sister Emma works here occasionally at yep. Triple M. Oh. And she touched you up on the Maddie Johns show recently. Oh, I'm phrasing. Sure, you occasionally wear a frock, but there's no issue with that. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Chance to, so uh, do I. Chance to throw one back at Emma while you're here on the air, or do you love your sister? Oh, obviously, I love her. But I actually, I wanted to get back at her. She interviewed me before um, at halftime of our last game at Leichhardt. I wasn't playing, and um, I wanted to stitch her up then. But my mum actually said, no, don't stitch her up. You'll throw her off. It's a, it's a live cross. Anyway, um, her last question, the boys ran out, and all the crowd went nuts. Couldn't hear what the question was, and I just re- replied something like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And then... Um, after the interview, I go, what did you actually ask me? I didn't hear. She goes, oh, I just sprayed you. I just said you'd be playing reserve grade next year. And I just agree with it. So, let's so, hope that's not part of your brand of football. Yeah. Thanks very much, Chris Lawrence. Thanks, it's been Chris. a joy. Yeah, thanks, Triple Ed. M. Thanks, everyone. Behind you. Triple M's the back row with Every H. Every time they play that song. Sorry, Chris, continue. Don't be sorry. Triple M's the back row with H. Chris and Rose, we ain't going nowhere yet, nowhere. are we? Look, we are in the search for other things to do now that the rugby league season is over. And, of course, we think off-season, we think Bachelorette. Mm. Is it fair to say that it is now official that Sophie Monk is Australia's sweetheart? Absolutely. I'm on the fence still. I'm Australia's future sweetheart, much like, you know, I'm a future gay icon. Dystopian future sweetheart. Exactly. I'm a huge fan of Blade Blade Runner. Runner, But uh, no, she's just the best. We found our new Prime Minister. (laughs) So as we announced on a previous show, we thought with the back wrap wrapping up, we had to do a different section. So now we're doing the batch wrap, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, reflecting on what's happening in The Bachelorette. Mm. Crucial. mm, Crucial. Important stuff. Last week, it was the the arrival of the intruders. There were four up and by the end of the week, two were already gone. Mm. We're left with AJ, who's the chef who doesn't know how to spell cuisine, Q-U-I-Z-I-N-E. I I think he was throwing that task. Yeah, he threw himself on that um, baked bomb. Absolutely. Why would he throw the task? So he didn't want to push, put off the guys too quickly. He's new. He wants to integrate. Oh, if you win, you're a target. Yeah, exactly. Under the radar. Because we know there's nothing more important than time with Sophie. So he actually handballed that on to Ryan, who got kicked off. Nicely played. But he's a dude. Spoiler the boys alert. all love him. The other intruders hung in there is Stu Laundy, third generation publican. And I know many, many people in Australia now are terribly concerned that after Sophie said, I just want to marry 
an ordinary Aussie bloke shall go for the richer than Creases publican. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the uh, the Creases highlight of... doesn't get mentioned enough on no, this well, show. You know. We don't get enough Greek mythology <laughs> on here. I'm just a Zeus guy. <laughs> I have no idea who Jupiter is. But uh, look, Jared, of course, is the standout because he says uh, in the media this weekend, I am not stage five clingy. He's the wine m- winery manager. Mm. Also it, wine with an H in it. Yeah. Opened up big with getting Sophie to crush grapes uh, in her heels, which in itself was quite nah, she took them off. Oh, that's right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> and now they're growing uh, little seedlings in pot plants together. Yeah. And it was revealed this week that Sophie's is just barreling along, but there's been no action in Jared's pot plant. Oh, no. Why? Now, uh, the concern is that maybe some of the boys are stitching him up by uh, urinating on the pot plant. Is that, <laughs> is that Australian or un-Australian? I'm not really sure. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we're sort of in the no man's land there regarding, um, you know, the urination on Come on. I mean, I know that it's one of my favourite hobbies. You, you know, is... I see something, I piss on it. Um <laughs> Oh, I regret that, that already. Uh, that is so. What are you talking about? That is so Australian. There's nothing more Australian than your mate try to grow a plant and you destroying it with your yeah, own Yeah, but wheat. it comes into the sense of how he's like destroying a chart. Like it's competitive as well. There's a nastiness to it. I think it's it. great. I think that's the most yeah. Aussie thing that's uh, happened on Bachelor in years. But anyway. I just love the phrase piss fern, which is what I'm dubbing it. Because like they were one of my favourite bands. I used to see them at Black Wire Records all the time. Vale. I tell you what, though, I'll be looking a little askew at the next vintage that comes out of that winery. But but the most important thing that he here <laughs> Jared, like as he aroused many Australians, because he called Osha Usher, and that's just a terrible mistake. Usher Ginsburg. Yeah. Okay. And of course, that leads me into something that you all know is very close to my heart, and that is that I feel that Osha Ginsburg's time is done on the show. Yes. And that I should be the new host yeah. of the Bachelorette slash Bachelor. I agree. Mm-hmm. Here's the latest reasons. I have much more relatable hair. He's got some sort of surf wave coming out. It's like, yeah. Thank God I don't have a three-dimensional TV to take your eye out. He's going Benny Hill on us. So with the date cards, he goes, well, boys, I know you think I've got a surprise in my trousers. I'm going to whip something out of my pants. Yeah. I would never and it's di- always his penis. That's right. <laughs> that, that's the thing. Yeah. And I would never disrespect the role right, like okay. that. Yep. And sometimes he's not even there. They're just randomly producing date cards from the kitchen or whatever. He's not yeah. even doing his job. Yeah. But here's the worst thing, and surely you're with me. Sophie was agonising over who to put the last magnetic rose. They've actually the magnet magnetized. Are they magnetic? Well, you could hurt someone with a pin, right? You know, you don't want to draw oh, blood. Very on that. litigious don't days. Don't even get in. me. Don't even get me started on the double delicious rose. What a stupid name. Double delight. <laughs> oh, sorry. The double delight. I, I love those chocolates though. The double delight by yeah, Cadbury's. Yeah, yeah. They're sensational. <laughs> Sophie's upset and a little bit teary, and he comforts her by holding her elbow. What? Yeah. I mean, that is not real. Is that that pr- is just not right. Is that a pressure point or something? And yeah, it is. Like, yeah. Re- I'm, I'm going to defend Osha. My ambition on the batch row, and I haven't finished with this, to be the new host of the Bachelorette come 2018. Yeah, yeah. You're on the back row, Triple M. Your time is up. You're on Triple M's The Back Row with AH, Chris and Rose. Like Jared from The Bachelor, we're having trouble getting anything happening with our pot plants. <laughs> We've decided to axe our new gardening segment, The Back Hedge Row. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. But, Rose, you are doing a little bit of branching out, if I can use that expression, aren't you? Yes, speaking of new segments, uh, I've been uh, trying to build a new segment here for the show. And also, if I can be honest, I've been trying to find some more work, uh, maybe Saturday morning television. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I thought I'd design my own version of a video game review show. Uh, I've been playing uh, the Rugby League Live 4 video game this week. Uh And I thought you guys could get involved. Are you interested in helping me out on my pilot for my new video game show? Well, we're like playing it now. Yeah, yeah. 
Do you want to be the the announcer for the show? Oh, okay, cool. I th- yeah, go. I was the, I was a bit confused. I was like, radio is not a visual medium. I've written you yeah, a cool. script there, okay. so that's what you're going to read out as the host when I call upon you. I, I don't right. have my Super Nintendo with me either. <laughs> no, and Chris, you're going to be my co-host on this gaming show, right? So oh. I've given you a couple of responses here. Uh, when I look to you, you're going to read out these responses as my co-host, right? Yeah, bro. Okay. okay, cool. Now remember, guys, this is this is a gaming show for Saturday mornings. That's that's aimed at the youth of today, right? So that mm-hmm. what I've written in your scripts here. So is us. Yeah, yeah. Aimed at us. Yeah. So us. So uh, uh, let's let's start the gaming show. Ah, take it away as the announcer. Nope. Ooh. Hey, kids, put down your fidget spinners and stop doing the Harlem Shake for two <laughs> seconds. It's time for your favorite gaming show. Rose knows how games go. Yay. Yay. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you there. I was busy playing my Nintendo Switch. Welcome, everybody, to Rose Knows How Games Goes with my co-host, Chris Gale. Hello, Rose, man. Oh, wow, that was cool. Uh, This week on RKHGG, we're talking about Rugby League Live 4. Wow, dude. uh, Wow, dude. Rugby League has a video game? That's totally lit. Fam? Yep, there you go. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. It is totally lit, fam. Uh, this Rugby League Live 4 game has everything you'd want in a Rugby League game. Passing, kicking, complaining to the ref, missing the team bus, meeting for a succulent <laughs> Chinese meal in private. Uh, it, it, it's... The game is based in reality. Uh, when your game plays, when your team plays terribly, the crowds in the stadiums drop, and no matter what difficulty you put the game on, the dogs always do badly. <laughs> I crumble. <laughs> Shots fired. You just played yourself, Rose. You're a savage. Thanks, Chris. I really am a savage. Uh, future improvements I'd like to see on the Rugby League Live 4 franchise. I, when you play as Cam Smith, I'd like a button you can press to get a free penalty and talk to the ref at any time you'd like. Mm. I'd also like an atrocity meter that builds up through the season. And if you make the top eight, you can cash in your atrocity points and go straight to Northies and press X to drink from the bubbler. Word. <laughs> I, give the ga- I give the game an eight out of ten, get them on side refs, and I would play again. <laughs> I'm totes FOMO. That's FOMO, Chris. Thank you. I'm totes FOMO that I haven't been able to go YOLO. YOLO. YOLO on the game yet. Can I come around to your crib to play it, Rose? Anytime you want, Chris. That's been Rose Knows How Games Goes, and we are the back row, Triple M. Why didn't I get more lines? Welcome back to the back row with Triple M's AH, Chris and Rose. Mm. Guys, it's October. Not yes. sure if you've noticed, but it is October. It's the my best birthday month. month. It's my birthday month. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah, cool. Uh, and one thing that happens every October. Shut up, What's going on over there? <laughs> one thing that happens every October in Sydney is the night noodle markets as part of uh, Good Food Month. Mm. Uh, and so it started on, I think it was Thursday the 5th, and it's running until October 22nd, which is my birthday, uh, at Hyde Park. And it's sort of like every, every Arvo and evening um, during that period. It's kind of like, I don't know, I've always felt like it's a sign that spring is coming and it's a very, like, it's such a Sydney institution. It's kind of like, you know, being a rugby league player, smashing eckies at the star. Like, it's just such a Sydney thing that you have to do. Have you ever been, boys? To the star? Yeah. <laughs> I guess not. Not noodle markets. Do you, like, I, I have been to the noodle markets, yeah. yeah I've, been, I've been a couple of years back. It's been going for quite a while, hasn't it's it? It's been going for, I think it's been going for, I think the first year might have been when I moved to Sydney, which was nine years ago. Right, okay. Or, well, 10 years ago. I'm turning turning 28 this month. So yeah, um, hmm. been going for ages. Have you ever been, Chris? I've never been, but I am instantly hungry as it's just <laughs> three minutes short of 8pm. Could go some yeah. dumplings, could you? I could I tell you what, though, I must say with noodles... 
One thing that's always intrigued me is what's a drunken noodle? What's a drunken noodle? Mm. I thought that was a type of fighting style. That's right. I okay, think it's good. a racial slur. <laughs> it's like Street Fighter um, 3 or You've something. never seen my drunken noodle. <laughs> <laughs> and hope never it's, to. It's, it's excused in an amorous situation. I'm sorry I have a drunken noodle. But I like, look, I, I, oh, I love the night noodle markets as a concept. But And like when it first came out, I really loved it. But here's the thing. Like I see it as such a crucial part to Sydney springtime, but I hate it. Really? You hate it? I hate it so much. I used to always love it. So here's the thing. It's a you strong know, word that, for noodles. It, it is. <laughs> I stand by it. Okay. Yeah, all the ads and stuff make you think like you're going to go and it's a park and, you know, I'll grab some noodles and it'll be lovely and continue with my night and, you know, I'll be wearing a gorgeous crisp white dress and nothing bad will ever happen in my life. Right. But you get there and you have to queue like 40 minutes for a too expensive, too small amount of something that you could get a block away from the actual restaurant. Right. And then you have to stand there and try and eat it with like, you know, bloody dumplings but with a plastic fork which doesn't work while standing up with actually no room to put your elbows out so it's really hard to get purchase on okay. the on the food i have big problems with it Dare I say it looks like a white bread experience? Like <laughs> yeah. People are not prepared to yeah. go to something authentic or real like Dixon Street. Yeah. It's like people who go to an AFL game, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> like it's AFL very crap. much for the AFL market. And look, I know it seems a bit strange to be using a uh, Sunday night radio show as a sort of therapy space to discuss this, but I just had to get it out there. So I, I, have, a, I have a question. <laughs> this is the background, Sydney Strip Lab. Oh, no, go on. Uh, is, uh, is, so you don't like it because it's gotten crowded? Pretty much, yeah. Like when it started off, it was lovely, and then it was like the crowds got bigger, the portions got smaller, the lines got right. longer, and the price got. Uh, Chris, yeah, I think I figured it out. Yes, right. AH is a hipster. There you go. She doesn't like it because it's become popular. In this incredible revelation. No, okay, sure. <laughs> you are on Triple M's The Back Row with AH the Hipster, Chris <laughs> and Rose. I think that went really well. Thanks, guys. <laughs> To the strains of Brian May's guitar and Freddie Mercury's Yelp. It's noodle time, but before that, it's time for... Back Rower of the Week. Yes, welcome back to Triple M's The Back Row with AH, Chris and Rose. And this is the section of the show where we're heading to the end and we just want to acknowledge people in the community that we would love to be in our back row. We were so lucky to have Chris Lawrence from the West Tigers, a true back rower, join us. An actual, a real one. A real back rower. But um, I'm very interested in your nominees. Rose, who's your back row of the week? Well, I, I was originally going to make my back row of the week that cosplayer we saw this week who dressed as the uh, venue where they were holding <laughs> the, the cosplay event. That was so He good. was just walking around as the building. But it's a I'd bit conceptual. Like, it's pretty good. Very meta. Uh, but I'd like to uh, make my back row of the week uh, the great people uh, that have put together the Yes Fest. That's happening October 29th uh, out at Homebush. It is a festival they're putting together for everyone to say yes to the vote, the plebiscide. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's uh, John O'Seiler and a, a bunch of other people uh, who are great in the uh, Sydney uh, industry. They were part of Keith Sydney Open. Yep. And now they're helping with the Yes Fest. Uh, and, uh, you know, the lineup is not super official yet, but I think there's words of flight facilities and a lot of great Aussie artists. Barnsey. Barnsey's going to be there. Yeah. He's going to be coming uh, out. John Paul Young. There Love you go. Is in the air. Love yeah. is in the air. Uh, and uh, it's going to be out uh, in the Homebush area at Spotless Stadium uh, uh, Sunday, October 29th. So look into it. Yes Fest. Oh, they're my back rowers yeah. of the week. And it's if you good. haven't got your vote back yet, get to the post box. Yeah. Do it otherwise. You know, don't let it go the way of the gas bill and I'm, forget about I'm it. I'm more as curious how clean Spotless Stadium really is. Mm. AH, who's your back rower? Yeah, look, my back rower of the week this week is Corey Worthington. You remember the party boy? Party the, boy? Yeah. I will not take my sunnies off. Yeah, they're famous. <laughs> uh, no good reason. I was just thinking about him last night. He was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we're coming up to the 10-year anniversary of in January and Ten I just years. I was reading some of the quotes
notes about it. He was just, he was before his time. Yep. So my back row of the week is Corey Worthington for something that he did in 2008. Good he, on you. He's now in the Australian diplomatic corps doing good works overseas. Did yeah. you know that? Yeah, he's yeah. terrific. Really? Now, I, I've got a slightly serious back row of the week myself this mm-hmm. week. I've gone for Sam Tagatizzi from the Cronulla Sharks. Uh, far bit for me to ever give any credit to the Cronulla Sharks. Go the Sharky, Go Sharky boys. Boys. Sharky boys. But Sam secured this season's NRL Ken Stephen Medal for Community Service. And um, this is really good stuff from Big Sammy. He uses the Sharks gear van to deliver food hampers throughout Sydney as part of the Borderless Communities Project. Oh, wow. And he books the function room at Cronulla Leagues uh, to get all the boys packing the hampers. I'd love to see Gal getting, you know, up to his elbows in um, sandwiches and wraps and <laughs> Elbow juice deep boxes. in charity. Yep. Uh, he met, does many community appearances under the Sharks Have Heart program. I'm not sure. Do sharks have hearts? Yes, they some, have hearts, you know, idiot. That's a good question. It's right next to their sharp teeth. <laughs> and he's in three Indigenous Pacific Islander youth mentoring programs. Sharks Tomorrow stars Island Time and Footy Fever. And he's also a mental wellbeing ambassador for Miranda Headspace and the NRL State of Mind program. Sam, take it easy. I dips me lid to you. You're my back rower of the week. What a legend. Guys, it's been so good to be back with you after two weeks off. We're back here again, 6 o'clock next Sunday. I don't think there's any big race. No. Uh, but we really want to thank everybody for being involved. Felix, for all your efforts, and Chris Lawrence for the West Tigers, yeah. the true back rower. Tolerating mm. us. This has been Triple M's The Back Row with A.H. Chris and Rose. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Back Row Catch-Up. Hear it live on Triple M Sydney, Sunday night, right after the footy.